Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. I had some episodes a few weeks ago talking about common skin lesions. So this is an episode that's really meant to be listened to in combination with those episodes because I give an overview on dermatology and and seeking medical care for your skin and my philosophy on that, which is that really everyone needs a dermatologist, especially if you have family history of having skin cancer or you have a lighter complexion. But really, it's important for everyone to get an in-depth skin examination either by your primary care physician if they feel comfortable with that or referring you to a dermatologist. Another thing that is important is to know when to be concerned about skin lesions. And I described some of the really common ones just from an educational standpoint that can provide a little bit more information than when your primary care physician diagnoses you with a skin tag or melasma or or solar lenigo. This episode is also to educate on skin cancer and what it looks like, what to watch out for, when to definitely see medical attention. In this episode, I'll talk about three different types. One is basal cell carcinoma, another is squamous cell carcinoma, and then the other is melanoma. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I encourage you to seek the advice of a physician, a DO, or an MD with any concerns or questions you have about your symptoms or medical conditions. So I'm going to start first with basal cell carcinoma. So all of these are malignant neoplasms. They are cancer. Basal cell carcinoma is more likely to affect people with lighter skin tones. It's the most common skin cancer that there is, and it's more common in males than females. The main risk factor for developing basal cell carcinoma is sun exposure over your lifetime. And it can also run in families. So if you have a family member who has had this, you may have an increased risk. And these are very slow growing, which is good, and they do not metastasize. So the prognosis is very good with these. But still, if if your doctor finds this, they'll still want to remove it. So what does this look like? So since sun exposure can be a risk factor, it's probably going to be in areas of your skin that are exposed to the sun. A lot of times it can occur on the face, and in particular, it occurs in the upper face, so your upper lip, your nose, your eyelids, or your forehead. But it can really occur anywhere, it doesn't have to be the face. 
but if you have a new lesion on your palm or the sole of your foot, it's very unlikely to be basal cell carcinoma. It can have something called a telangiectasia, which are blood vessels on the surface of your skin that you can actually see. And usually they're reddish or they can be like a dark blue color. And they're usually pretty small. They almost look like spider veins. It can also ulcerate and can also become scaly. It can almost look like it's eczema in that way. And I just had an episode also on eczema. So if you want to find out more about eczema, I'd listen to that episode. So like I said with my other skin episodes, I can only describe it so much in words. So it is important for you to do a Google image search to look up what this looks like. And obviously each individual basal cell carcinoma will look a little bit different, but it's good to see some examples of this to solidify my description. So, to diagnose this, typically a doctor, especially a dermatologist, will be able to identify what it is just by looking at it. But even if it can be identified just by looking at it, the diagnosis still involves taking a biopsy, a sample of that lesion to look at it under slides by a pathologist. And typically when they do this, they will take a piece of the lesion and also a piece of normal skin so that when the pathologist looks at it under the microscope, they can see the border of when it becomes the difference between the normal skin and what is abnormal for you. And when the biopsy is taken, it can either be full thickness, which means the sample that you take contains all layers of the tissue. It goes deeper versus a partial thickness. It's less invasive, but you don't get all of the layers of the tissue. So typically these are treated with surgical excision where they will just excise the the lesion. And this can be done in a dermatologist's office. Mohs surgery might be something that you've heard of before. That's when they surgically excise it, but they do one layer at a time and then examine each layer between cuts. And that ensures that the cancer is completely removed and that you can spare normal skin. So that might be used especially in more delicate areas like the face where you really want to preserve as much normal skin as possible. Other options can include uh, radiation, but that's not standard. Other options can include laser ablation and topical chemotherapy. So that's basal cell carcinoma. Then now moving on to squamous cell carcinoma. So this is the second most common cause of skin cancer. Risk factors for this, again, is sunlight exposure and having skin damage, like having skin burns or ulcers or scars. This can arise from that damaged skin. Just like basal cell, squamous cell is more common in men and also in individuals who have lighter complexions. And age is also a risk factor, so older age, you're more likely to develop this. 
You won't see this as often in young people. So what does this look like? So this one is kind of like basal cell, but even more so, almost all squamous cell carcinomas will ulcerate. So it will become red and it will bleed easily and it will just become inflamed overall. The most common places you will see this is again on those sun-exposed areas, especially the face and the neck, and in particular, the ears and the lower lip. You can also see squamous cell carcinoma pretty often in the hands as well. So squamous cell carcinoma also grows pretty slowly, but it can be invasive to deeper layers of the skin. It can metastasize, but the rate is super low. It's about 2%. So typically the prognosis for this is, is pretty good. And again, you'll want to look up pictures of what this looks like. To diagnose this, just like with basal cell, you'll want to get a biopsy done. Your dermatologist or primary care physician might use different techniques like a shave biopsy, so that's a very surface level, partial thickness. They can do excisional, full thickness, or partial thickness. Um, there's also things called wedge biopsy and punch biopsy. And again, this is so it can be evaluated under a microscope by a pathologist. If your doctor is worried about metastases, then you may have a lymph node biopsy or different types of imaging to see if it has spread. It is really helpful to listen to my other episodes on common skin lesions because just because your doctor wants to take a biopsy of a skin lesion does not mean that you have cancer or even that your doctor thinks you have a high likelihood of cancer. Many times biopsies are what is needed to rule out cancer and to make a diagnosis on what that benign skin lesion really is because it can affect treatment decisions. So treatment, usually surgical excision, including normal skin, is going to be the treatment option. You can do most surgery for this as well so that you can remove layer by layer and retain normal skin as much as possible. Again, radiation, chemotherapy can be used, but usually surgical excision is what is preferred. So now talking about melanoma. So this one is highly malignant and life-threatening. Like the other ones, sun exposure, especially UV radiation, can cause melanoma, especially in people with lighter complexions. It's more common with older age and with family history. So what does it look like? So this one, unlike the other ones, it usually isn't painful, but it can be itchy and it can often bleed. With melanoma, and again, please look up pictures of what melanoma might look like, but doctors like to teach patients the ABCs of the red flags for potential melanoma. And if any of these are present, then usually a biopsy is going to be taken, but it is still under the discretion of the doctor, whether that's your PCP or your dermatologist. So 
I really do want to go through the ABCs and this is something that everyone should know because you can do regular skin checks on yourself and this is really the highly applicable part of this episode is that whenever you see one of these letters that I'm going to talk about, then that is reason to book an appointment with your PCP or your dermatologist to do a skin check and they might decide to do a biopsy or maybe several biopsies if you have several lesions that are concerning. So, the ABCs. A stands for asymmetry. So, usually when you have nevi or moles birthmarks they're usually pretty regular they might be circular they might be oval but they're symmetric so you can cut it down the middle and it looks the same on both sides if a lesion kind of looks like a mole kind of looks like a birthmark but it's asymmetric that's a reason to be concerned b stands for border and this refers to having an irregular border with margins that are not distinct. So if you look at the border, there's not clear delineation between where the mole stops and where regular skin begins. It's a little bit blurry around the borders. Or it can be irregular. It can be jagged instead of smooth, which can also make it asymmetric. C stands for color. And really, we want to look for changes in color. So you may have birthmarks that you have on your skin and you know what color it is. It's either, you know, a brownish color or maybe a a dark brown or even a black color. But that color is going to stay the same. It's not going to change. But if it does change, then that is concerned that this might be dysplastic, which could be a precursor for melanoma or can be melanoma itself. So this is reason to be on the alert. Also, if there's color variation, which also kind of relates to asymmetry, if parts of it are darker than other parts, there's variation within the same lesion, then that is concerning. D stands for diameter, and so for this one, you might have to get a tape measure out. There is concern when the diameter is greater than six millimeters. Obviously, this is not a hard and fast rule, but certainly the chances of melanoma increase once it becomes greater than six millimeters. And that's the diameter, so it's from one end to the other. Many times when melanoma develops from a regular nevus that was there, it will expand in diameter. So you also want to be on the alert for lesions that are changing size. And that kind of leads to E. Some of these definitely overlap, but it's just a mnemonic that makes it easier to remember. So E stands for evolving. So this is just a catch-all term for lesions that are not only suspicious in themselves when you take a snapshot of, yes, this looks asymmetric, yes, this has irregular borders, yes, this has color variation, and yes, this is bigger than six millimeters, but evolving refers to it's changing over time. It did not fit these criteria before, but now it does. So anything when it changes size, when it changes shape, when it changes color, that's something to be on the alert for. And I kind of spoke to this already in the other letters. So those are the ABCs of melanoma that you can check on yourself and then you can follow up with a doctor for further evaluation. And I kind of relate this similarly to doing breast checks for women doing regular 
breast exams to find lumps or bumps that could be concerning for a tumor. This is kind of a similar thing. You can really be diligent because you see your skin every day. Your doctor does not. So it helps if you are able to notice this evolution of these skin lesions, especially that you're able to notice if it changes over time. Whereas your doctor might not take detailed notes enough to notice that something is changing. So there's many, many different types of melanoma. I'm kind of talking about them uh, pretty generally. Where melanoma can occur, really sun-exposed areas especially, but it can also, and that includes the face, that includes your torso, your extremities, but there is also a type of melanoma that can occur on your palms, on your soles. You can even have melanoma on your nail beds. You can even have melanoma on your mucous membranes. So on on your lips, on your eye. There's a subtype of melanoma um, in women that can occur on your vulva or in your vagina. Um, so these are obviously not sun-exposed areas, but you do want to be mindful that you are aware if you have pigmented lesions in these areas. It helps to get regular pelvic exams so that your OBGYN or your primary care physician is able to see the area as well. And those doctors are aware that melanomas can occur. So so part of that pelvic exam is to inspect the area. So that's part of what they are thinking of when they just look at the area. In males, melanoma can also occur on the penis, on the scrotum. So it's always good to be aware of that as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be sun-exposed areas. Let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. And so melanoma is usually flat, but sometimes it can be nodular, so it can stick out of your skin a little bit. Because melanoma arises from cells that are proliferating cells called melanocytes that are responsible for the pigment. Usually they are a different color than your skin. So usually it will be a brown or a black color, usually darker than your skin. Sometimes it can be more of a reddish color, sometimes smooth, sometimes more wart-like. Sometimes they ulcerate, sometimes they bleed, so there's a lot of variation here. So luckily, the most common type of melanoma is called superficial spreading, and that has a slower growth, but there are other types of melanoma that have a much faster growth. So when you are concerned about melanoma, it really is important to get follow-up pretty quickly. So for melanoma to be diagnosed, typically it's going to be a full thickness biopsy. So you want to get all of the layers so that the pathologist can look at it under the microscope. 
after melanoma is diagnosed, you'll usually have additional testing that will be involved in the staging for what stage the cancer is at. So that's going to be imaging diagnostic tests, especially to look for metastases like to the lymph nodes. So treatment, so the surgical excision full thickness is really for two purposes. It's for diagnostic purposes, but also for treatment. The pathologist, when they diagnose the melanoma, they will also make sure that the margins are clear to make sure that the biopsy really did take all of it. They want to see that in that sample, there was also sampling of normal skin, which means the entire lesion was removed. If the margins are not clear, that means there may still be melanoma still on the skin. And then sometimes medical therapy is going to be used in addition to that surgical excision. So, so typically this is going to be immunotherapy or a BRAF kinase inhibitor, especially for metastatic melanoma. But again, I just want to reiterate that melanoma can metastasize just because it's on the skin does not mean it stays on the skin. It can spread to lymph nodes. It can also spread to different organs like your lungs, your brain, your liver. It can also metastasize to the bone as well. So I know that the topic of cancer um, is it's not really the happiest of topics and can sometimes scare people, but I hope that this episode comes across as being educational and doesn't scare you, but kind of motivates you to take charge of your own health and to do regular skin checks to be aware of the different skin lesions on your body. Again, if you haven't listened to my other episodes about skin lesions, I think they're really important to compare and contrast to skin cancer. And to understand that just because the doctor orders a biopsy doesn't mean that they are necessarily concerned about cancer, but they want to make a diagnosis or maybe rule out cancer. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.